Welcome to Girls Room, where each week we unpack the foundational text of the 2010s, HBO's Girls. I'm Julia Gray. I have my incredible co-host with me, Drew Haskins. Hi. And joining us today for episode three of season five, gosh, I mean, one of the foremost reinterpreters of Girls and the acclaimed director behind such masterpieces as Allison Williams arrives at the Met Gala while down and out <laughs> downtown plays. It's Bobby Highland. Hi. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. It's like genuinely an honor and also cannot pass a single opportunity to talk about girls. So I do really think of you as almost a collage artist within this particular show. Like, how did you get into it in the first place? So I I think it was... A, I want to say like early 2021, I uh, a friend of mine posted to Twitter the Beach House argument in full. Mm-hmm. And I, for some reason, I remember in particular, it was the way Zosha Mamet says like, why not being honest is fun. And that like, I just was so enraptured from the jump that I immediately looked into the show and then suddenly it felt like everyone was watching it. So I took the dive and I watched it I think as fast as humanly possible um, in my junior year of college. And since then, I've just been like repeatedly revisiting it, uh, like probably far too often of an interval. That It's nice to have such fresh eyes for that too. I was like, just going to say, how old are you, Bobby? I am 23 years old. Wow. Okay. So Gen Z, I guess firmly Gen Z, right? Yeah. Gen Z watching girls is such a beautiful phenomenon. I, I I feel like we're cuspy, right, Drew? We're like... Yeah, I mean, we're definitely like Gen Z crones or baby millennials. Like, that's... Right. But we were watching it in our junior year of college as well, like five years older than you, Um, having a very similar experience. But I'm curious to to hear from you as someone who did not have to put up with like the contemporary discourse around the show when it was airing the first time what what do you love about it oh man um so honestly I think I I think like being my age um not to like self-mythologize but I guess that is kind of the entire premise of girls Mm -hmm. um I think there was, at least for me, it was deep COVID when uh, early 2021 and being like someone that age with like social media being the way it is, there was, I've at least in my eyes, like a constant anxiety as to like, uh, what is moral, what is ethical, what are, what is the way that you are supposed to carry yourself as like a young adult in the world? And how do you structure your relationships in a way that allows you to uh accomplish that and honestly what I liked about girls was that it challenged me in a way where it just felt like I was watching these people that were very obviously not perfect people but doing their lives uh and carrying out their lives in a way that I would never think to do it was almost like I was watching people perform life for me in a way Mm -hmm. um and it really opened my eyes to like taking a step back and thinking about what did, how should I be as an adult, I suppose. 
not saying I really got the most perfect lessons out of it every time, but a good blueprint. They're role models. We can say that. <laughs> I think they are. There's also a lot of how not to be as an adult. As mm-hmm. as many as many lessons as they teach us as role models, they teach us as anti-heroes, I'd say. Agreed. Do you have a favorite girls episode or one that like really stands out in your mind? Um, hmm. I mean, I, I do love the penultimate episode of the series. I think, I think it deserves as much of the hype as it receives. Um, I love the bathroom scene. I think in particular, the conversation between Hannah and Jessa on the couch really stands out to me mm-hmm. um, as it, one of like the neatest resolutions that the show gives its characters. Mm-hmm. And I also do think there should be more justice for the series finale. I think it is amazing, especially Lorene in it. Oh yeah, it's it's an incredible episode. Like that whole final season, which obviously we'll get to as a podcast later, like it's such a nice little coda for the show and everyone ends up more or less exactly where they should be, which Mm -hmm. is nice. I do think it's interesting that you have now shouted out two incredible Shosh episodes as well. And we are here once again to talk about a Shosh episode today. Are you drawn to the character of Shosh? I am, Um, very much so. I. I mean, upon my first watch, I definitely saw a lot of myself in her, for better and for worse. Um, and I think a lot of people that have seen the show and know me in real life do like to point out that I have a lot of similarities to her, um, which I accept and I recognize. So I, I definitely am drawn to her. And I think that the way that she carries herself in season five in particular is like really just so fascinating and it's like really like the perfect distillation of who she is Mm -hmm. i think with the benefit of hindsight and critical reevaluation a decade on shosh i think pretty definitively is the one you'd want to be anyone like any person would want to be right there was some prop tweet this week that was going around that was like which one of the girls is the worst which like i think would be unthinkable even a year ago, like I, th- like it's just this show is having such a moment right now. I think like something like that could actually fly. And everyone said Jessa, which I'm like, okay, like I guess I get that too. But I think I agree with that answer. I mean, yeah. I I saw a lot of uh, people saying Marnie, but I think Jessa at the end of the day just is the most apathetic, which I think maybe makes for the worst friend. And no one's answering Shosh for that question. Of course not. So. She is she's a great friend when she is on your side. Oh, absolutely. Um, I mean, do we want to get into this episode? I feel like this is such a thematically rich one and so atypical for the show itself. So Julia, do you want to recap um, what happened last episode? Absolutely. So last episode... We saw Hannah rescuing her dad's wallet from this, his very first New York hookup, the very first that we know of, um, and breaking the news to him that Laureen wants a divorce. Really, really sad episode for Hannah. Um, 
Jessa and Adam are continuing their like will they won't they relationship romance they go to a carnival they masturbate next to each other on a couch and then we have Elijah hitting hitting it off with hot daddy Corey Stoll um Elijah is like really coming into his own I feel like this season Mm -hmm. this episode we didn't get much of Elijah but what we did get was really important he's so funny I just I I love Andrew Reynolds so much like every episode like even this one when he wasn't in that I think he had like two or three lines but they were all heaters total heaters absolutely absolutely. but this was Shoshana's episode and I think for the first time ever we must start with Shoshana's plot line and go from there because this montage of her getting ready for work in her like playmobile apartment is <laughs> iconic it's just iconic oh she looks so perfect in japan just throughout this episode she's such a chameleon like she truly adapts to her surroundings so well mm-hmm. i you feel can like tell how bad she wants to adapt to oh yeah i mean i think it sort of speaks to Shosha's strengths, but also maybe her, just how easily influenced she is. So I think that that was an interesting, she was the perfect character to go to Japan. Oh yeah. She's definitely the kind of person who would, and I believe in like language learning as cultural appreciation, not cultural appropriation. I think it is a sign of respect to learn another culture's language. The way she threw herself into her Japanese you know what? It felt very like early 20s, like t- tourist in a foreign land a little bit. And it was sweet, but like funny. I did mean, did I laugh when she said Domo Arigato like that? A little bit. I did. <laughs> okay, best. here's what I'll say. She has a very elementary uh, you know, knowledge of the language, clearly, but her uh pronunciations are correct i went to japan i think i guess in 2019 and she's she's killing it she's absolutely killing it oh except for no when she says domo arigato that part (laughs) i i'm i'm realizing what you're referring to now but she sounds right at home um but it's funny she she slips in and out of it so quickly like when she's in the hot tub later with her co-workers she is you know completely speaking at rapid speed in English like she's back in New York yeah this whole opening sequence really was kind of the best of Shosh too like she is such a friendly person who can flip between social groups and make herself at home and most of these like what would be pretty fraught situation for other people like I think that is mm-hmm. such model behavior like that's those are the lessons of Shosh the Tao of Shosh if you will like that we should be taking (laughs) away um gosh and just so funny too I mean the spa scenes with her and her friends yeah I love seeing her opposite other people like people who aren't in the girls universe just kind of showing how you know, I mean, she is maybe the most agreeable of the bunch, but also maybe the most um, 
what's the word uh jarring you know when they they're like you talk so quickly (laughs) (laughs) she has a jarring kind of way about her um but yoshi her coworker, she has a thing for yoshi that's when she uh lets the flirty domo arigato kind of slip out i love yoshi i feel like this was you know in another life this is where she would have ended up she would have gotten married to yoshi and it would have been another show oh yeah and i like that this is another little notch in her history of inappropriate workplace behavior true <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god like what bobby what is your like favorite pre-season five shosh moment if you have one like i feel like this is the mature season for her but we got a lot of history i you know honestly i think something that i don't know if this is even a particular moment but in the earlier seasons how she would always show up to i it could be a kickback it could be at the club with like expertly braided hair as though she was like fresh out of high school like sorority girl chic of like the early 2010s and it was just like that attention to detail but perhaps like skewed perception of what the detail should be focused on that really like encapsulates Josh for me oh yeah and we definitely see that this episode too with the I mean that opening outfit is so incredible but like the straight like gray bob with the cat ear headbands like so it's just perfect. i mean shosha's hair is the fifth how many of them are there the fifth four girl. girls yeah, yeah. <laughs> shosha's hair is the fifth girl oh close second and if there, if i have to pick a specific moment with her it has to be when she's karaokeing Beautiful Girls by Sean Kingston. Oh, I think that's yes. from season one. Yeah, I think so too. She also has a crazy hairdo in that yes. moment. She's wearing like, <laughs> like some sort of tiny hat. Yes. That's what oh my like. god. She. It's nice to see her like figure out her look for sure as time goes on. Like the bob looks so good on her and mm-hmm. I don't know. I just like the spa scene was so nice to see her so comfortable and also living a little messily too like I like that she is honest about having a boyfriend back in America but also honest that she still wants to fuck her boss which is very like you know moderated and like mature for her I guess she doesn't have a filter but um the line I really took away from this that felt very shosh to me was even though I've only been here for a very short while, I truly feel like this is my home and you people are my family and I don't even really care about people in America anymore. I literally wrote down that exact quote as well, just because it's, it betrays like her, such a deep desire on her part to like fully assimilate into whatever it is that she's doing. Mm -hmm. And while I think I agree that she has like an easier time compared to the other girls in terms of her ability to do that. It, you could tell that oh, she is always just so concerned with how she is being uh, perceived and viewed by others. Yeah. And you almost wonder how, like in season one, she throws herself into the friendships with the girls and Jess's return. 
so deeply. I'm not really sure if the show ever explains, and someone please correct me if I'm wrong, how Shoshana became friends with these people in the first place. I don't think it does. Wait, did, did isn't Shosh Jess's cousin? Yeah, but I'm not hanging out with my friend's cousins who are like still in college. I guess if you don't have any other friends you might though you know you know I guess that's true you raise an excellent point there if you have a lifeline you're gonna use it you know yeah like you know Um, you're new to the city you gotta find some friends and some friends friends imagine your lifeline being Hannah Horvath I um my I did love that line though Drew um but I also loved the line Cheryl Sandberg would fucking kill me when she talked <laughs> about oh my god like liking her boss while having a boyfriend back home um also when they tell her you talk st- you're you're talking so fast and she said I've literally never heard that <laughs> just another true you know moment where we're seeing Shosh as she sees herself which is yeah a total girl boss (laughs) and i mean it's completely opposite what yoshi and his friends are seeing too like their discussion about how um what was the line uh american girls are all sluts it's a very open culture um yeah that's really shosh but i (laughs) love that you think that exact that is really true but i wrote down not wrong like honestly (laughs) i I see what they mean. Shosh is not a slut. American girls are not all sluts. But the culture is definitely more open and more sexually open. And people just kind of, you know, there's not a real courtship culture. So I don't know. I thought that was an interesting, honest moment. But yeah, funny to see how these men see just this American girl who happens to be Shosh. Like one of my favorite Shosh arcs ever i mean this this episode really is like it's turning into a celebration of shosh but like we just i feel like we have to make it that um one of my favorite show it's per like her post ray breakup um like sexual walkabout like with all those random like nyu guys like the doorman from mm-hmm. radika's apartment like it's yeah. <laughs> perfect like I just I just love that for her and then she gets so burnt out and that's what leads to the beach house monologue like it it just culminates so well and to see her come so far from that is oh god that's perfect um so real for that so the next oh my god this the A.D. Bryant scene I felt so bad Ooh, I mean, just also, I mean, we've mentioned this before, but the way that A.D. Bryan is so perfect for this character and the perfect, the perfect one to break the news that she's being, quote unquote, managed out of this company, Abigail. It's almost like a, upon rewatch, it almost reminded me of like in the Grapes of Wrath, the way that the bankers talk about foreclosing houses. Oh my like, God. 
just that like detached nonfiction apathy to it as like shows she's having a full on meltdown in front of her. It's like the modern analog to that. And A.D. Bryant totally sells it the way that she's just like, so we're not doing this. It's actually, it's not firing. It, everything oh. about her delivery is so perfect. Oh yeah. Like she calls it a very light ending of a relationship and a business partnership and a salary. <laughs> And the salary. That was, I mean, perfect. Oh Do you think this is the first time Girls has been compared to Grapes of Wrath? <laughs> Over under. <laughs> See, this is reinterpretation at work right now. Like, this is why really? we had you on for this. Like, and <laughs> once again, this show is just so ahead of its time and how it talks about, well, I guess in general, just like the polar tests of awkwardness but as someone who has been restructured out of an organization before like years after this episode came out like it's so prescient like millennials are and not to like talk about millennials but like millennials are like too polite and too afraid of confrontation to actually just call things what they are and like Lena Dunham is just eternally a genius for like nailing how people are just so unwilling to sit with their own discomfort in situations like this. Genius woman. And then, I mean, like, related to that, the, the, the fact that she was addressing, like, the trend of corporate speak mm-hmm. that long ago, is it's so impressive to me because it's mm-hmm. like, it, obviously it was a thing and it was something that people were dealing with, but it, I feel like it's having such a cultural moment right now where people are sort of pushing back on the whole therapy speak thing that's going on. I feel like she was immediately tapping into that at at like the early stages of it. Oh yeah. Like way ahead of the game. And I think honestly, one of the reasons why the show is hitting more now on a mass scale, because the humor's, kind of more current almost I don't know if that makes sense like the jokes hit funnier now because we're actually seeing it be so widespread um she was truly ahead of her time truly ahead of her time um I did feel bad for Shosho because she loves Japan so much and her scene afterwards where she's debriefing with her friends and just like despondent was sad but it was also you know, very funny. <laughs> like <laughs> we thought you were very rich because you act very spoiled. All Americans act like that. We're all assholes. Like perfect. It's just so true. I yeah, they're like, why don't you just stay? And she says, I'm can't afford it. I'm not rich. But I yeah, just the honesty there. Also, I I also assumed Shoshana was rich though. So I, you know, could have fooled me. I really did too. She does act entitled and spoiled, like just like they say. Oh yeah. And they never really talk about the girls like I guess home well financial situations from their home lives. Like you can kind of tell the like Hannah grew up upper middle class because we see Tad Laureen so much. And Marnie probably grew up pretty wealthy because Rita Wilson just seems 
like rich bitch um and jessa who even knows but yeah it is interesting that show she's like she's living the sex in the city lifestyle in new york and then she you know turns into this like japanese fashionista when she's in japan but it's like she's just putting on costumes like she's 23 and she's like trying on hats to see like what kind of like chic city girl hat fits her the best absolutely you can kind of just see her i mean i think with shosh more than any of them in putting on all of these different costumes throughout the show up to this point you can see like what she pulls from each iteration of herself. And so, I mean, like with cheating in the earlier seasons and like her sexual, her her sex life, it's it seems like she's actually uh, maturing as a person and developing her character in a way that maybe the other, the other girls aren't. Yeah. She also is bold in ways that feel healthy for the most part um like when she calls scott and tells him that she's coming home like sooner rather than later but then also texts yoshi to have one you know last night out i mean that's very um she really goes for the big swings and mostly hits in her life like that's just quintessential show she's a lucky girl I'll say that, except for being managed out of Japan. But <laughs> I love the montage of uh, Yoshi and Shosh, Shoshi uh, dancing at this rave. It looks so fun. And it's just a really great, sweet scene where you just see how she's genuinely, you know, uh, embedded herself in this culture and just you feel sad for her. It, it's a great, great scene. Yeah. I think it's really interesting that the show is able to pull stuff like that off too, where, I mean, Shosh has not been in Japan for, in terms of like episode length, long at all. And yet tonally, visually, and through like the acting and writing, you're able to already feel as though she's like so thoroughly ingrained in the culture. And for it to actually feel like an abrupt ending now that it is sort of coming to an end. Oh yeah, like it's it's the rare montage that kind of actually accomplishes the task of character development and plot acceleration at the same time. Like it's so hard to do that. And it also, and I think I said this back when we covered um the Craxident episode too, but this show's very good at creating party scenes that actually look fun and feel like real party scenes. I feel like a lot of shows are bad at that. Like they look fake all the time. Something about the lighting, it's a little too intense. Like there, there is like a moodiness to all of the parties on, on girls in a good way. But yeah. You're much and more thoroughly engrossed in it. 100%. And like, they just feel a little bit more realistic and like, yeah, like a little like grimy, moody. Like you look at, I don't know, euphoria party scenes, which are way more stylized, obviously, but like those just, they feel so like hedonistic in a druggy sense, not really hedonistic in an actual enjoyment sense. Right. Absolutely. 
And I feel like the enjoyment is far more like real world common than like, you know, like Sydney Sweeney, like <laughs> swirling in a bathroom or whatever. So, <laughs> um, I, okay. What did y'all think about the S&M club scene? Cause this is to me was kind of like the centerpiece of the episode. Yeah, I liked it. I liked it was kind of um, like rude awakening is the wrong term but you know after she had this beautiful night like I don't want to leave Japan it's kind of now you know kicking her out in a way it also just felt like the she's trying so many new things and really expanding her reach and she hits the wall when she's reaching out like she's gone Mm -hmm. kind of as far as she can go in this moment um but it didn't feel too dark it felt like just like a someone learning their boundaries yeah I agree I think it also it related to other parts of the episode as well it sort of lean it sort of suggests to the viewer that Shosha's ability to uh sort of enter into a culture and meet new people is a bit presumptuous on her end I think Mm -hmm. she doesn't necessarily have the understandings always of what it is that she's getting herself into I mean like to me this is sort of related to I I noticed her ringtones like her call ringtone is just someone saying konnichiwa and then her voicemail (laughs) tone is just a super mario coin noise so I think she at times like there are like certain elements to the life that she's curated for herself there that just really suggest that maybe she doesn't get everything Mm -hmm. and I think that this is like I agree the ultimate scene for that because she's earnestly and in a like kind of innocently gotten herself into the situation yeah like your cultural understanding of Japan can't start with love, Angel Music Baby in the heritage <laughs> Army. <laughs> it's like, we gotta uh, branch out. Yeah, I mean, oh. or or you know what? Maybe that was her jumping off point and, and you need to kind of expand your horizons. Mm-hmm. I say that as a uh, love, Angel Music Baby fan. Oh, oh how absolutely. could you not be? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, true. Uh, Sidebar, I, it is so crazy that Gwen in... 2023 is still saying that she feels Japanese (laughs) no there's sometimes you just need to uh stop talking and say no comment next question Uh, you know it's alarming what's happened uh (laughs) in the Stefani headspace I I feel like that girl is just there's no way she's all the way there you know, in the same way that no one in Hollywood is. I mean, Love Angel Music Baby is not even the tip of the iceberg when it comes to her playing with world culture. I'll just phrase it that way. Um, but she yeah. does it well almost every single time. So maybe almost. maybe we got to consider that fact too. Um, I don't know. There are probably better pieces and better thinkers out there than... I am someone who recently had a lobotomy to talk about how the like fetish club is depicted in this episode. 
like just as a vehicle for like Shosh to figure out herself, it functions well. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what else to say about that, but I felt like it had to be said. I agree. I think it was, I mean, like to me, the way it was depicted, I mean, the so like harsh overhead lighting. I don't know if that's how it is in the actual clubs, but I think the pacing of it and just the tone of the scene as a whole, it felt very sexless to me yeah. and just a bit unnerving. And I think that that obviously is a, the way that Shosh was viewing it. So it works as a viewer, but I do agree where it, it, it does feel a bit detached from the reality of the way that those clubs probably operate. Yeah. Though Shosh squeaking around in that latex nurse outfit was funny. <laughs> <laughs> like, Honestly, perfect touch. Perfect touch. The main scene where she whips Yoshi's friend so badly, he falls over, and then he, like, sexually harasses her afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, very, like, hard to watch, but, like, Yoshi rescuing her and taking her out into the rain was, you know, the kind of the rom-com finish that she deserved after all this i'll say it again yoshi forever shoshi till i die but yeah i mean the like the setup of it the she finds naked pictures of his exes on her phone and then sets up her own sexy photo shoot and replaces that i i just think it's it's cute i liked it it kind of painted a good picture of where these two characters are in their relationship but I don't know and you know now that I'm talking about it I liked that it was sitcom so I liked it mm-hmm. <laughs> that's my final answer I think I agree and I definitely agree that it's kind of sitcom in the sense that it was very tight mm-hmm. and wrapped itself up to an extent um in the span of a single episode and I think that if they are going to have an episode be focused on one of the characters that is quite literally on a different continent, I think that this is probably the best way that they could handle that. Um, maybe in terms of just having at least something happen to that character. Yeah. I I think my main qualm with this plot line, which I mostly enjoyed and definitely laughed throughout, I'm not really sure who we're supposed to think Fran is. And I think, you know, watching the show the first time and then just thinking about it in the interim, I have this conceptualization of Fran as this kind of like nice guy who's, you know, too normal for Hannah. But I feel like this felt out of character almost. I don't know because I yeah I guess I have mixed feelings about the uh, backing up a little he (laughs) his argument as to why he has naked pictures of his exes on his phone is because he doesn't want to jerk off to minors that are in porn and you know people who are slaved and drugged and held against their will and he's you know says that porn is corrupt and you know this is more <laughs> an ethical way to jack off which is so uh I mean that feels very true to Fran's character in a way like he really does think he's doing this big uh you know ethical thing where 
you know, I don't know if it's deeper than the fact that that's just what it is. You know, he he jerks off to pictures of his ex-girlfriends. But I love that I love that in his mind he's making it a a political statement. I can get behind that. Um I do think the pictures of the exes is a a total no-fly zone for me. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, oh yeah. And to add insult to injury, if someone I was dating told me that my nudes were too goofy, and this is, you know, I like, I'm not, I am someone who like is constantly throwing peace signs like every which way. Like it is a problem. I will cut off my fingers at some point, but like Uh, haven't done it yet. Clothed, clothed. I'm not doing it. Like, no, no, definitely clothed. Um, To be, if someone told me that my nudes were goofy because I'm making a peace sign and all of them, I think I would roll into Lake Michigan and just float out to sea. Um, I, I, no, 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 no. There's one thing to say, I want you to take more like serious nudes, but to say that and pair it with the, and that's why I look at pictures of my ex-girlfriends. It's, yeah. it's a little, you know, whatever moral high ground he's sitting on he can come down from immediately because that's just a mean thing to say and speaking of moral high ground marnie skypes in from ecuador (laughs) uh, with an an enlightened attitude towards non-monogamy and uh Uh (laughs) monogamy being a construct she says what's her pronunciation ecuador ecuador like i literally while taking notes for this i wrote it as e-k-h-u-a-h-t-o-r yeah which is not even how you say it in spanish either no i don't think so i don't that is i don't think so um i oh my god i like yeah marnie is now uh, a free spirit monogamy is a construct she says and hannah's kind of complaining about the fran situation and one line i wrote down is um she's describing the women in the pictures and she says they're regular girls they're nurses and legal aides just smiling with their tits and pussy flaps hanging out how is this different than killing someone and keeping their head as a trophy (laughs) (laughs) oh it's so i don't know why but like the for specifically calling out the nurses and legal aids yeah that's what did it for me (laughs) they're nurses and legal aids i also love that she's okay those are important jobs so i'm degrading is a wrong word but she's kind of she's not say she's she's saying that they're assistants you know that's what that's her intended meaning by saying they're nurses and legal aides which i think is funny and she's also she's insulting the nurses and the legal aides yeah like as a profession yeah because she's saying these women don't have original thoughts she keeps saying that and then she says they're nurses and legal aides And I just love that, like, there is a conversation that is implied that Hannah and Fran discussed all of the exes, like, oh. personal <laughs> details, <laughs> like, biographical details, like, so genius woman. Um, yeah, and she took I, those two specific details, like, there's a nurse and there's a legal aid, and now that's, they're all nurses and legal aids. 
Am I like mistaken in thinking that Lena Dunham outside of the show has like been under fire from an Instagram caption in which she also uh, sort of diminished the oh. role of nurses? I mean, oh. I, I wouldn't be shocked. Um, <laughs> you know, for as long as this podcast has been going on, we really have not actually touched into a lot of Lena's various little controversies <laughs> outside the show. Um, I'm mostly because they are just nurses. so legion. Like, Oh, absolutely. It was hard. I think this is why I'm a little envious of you for watching the show when you did. To be able to watch the show more or less in a vacuum and be able to assess its own quality without hearing you know lena's words coming from a delusional girl persona and then everyone freaking out about it like it, it was hard to watch the show and just like tune out the noise yeah i can mm. only imagine yeah sure. i mean there was that whole twitter account like way back in the day lena dunham apologizes that would just like come up with fake um it went it was like mega viral too like it would just come up with fake scenarios like she lena dunham apologizes to the nation of sweden for implying that ikea is like you know poorly made or something or made by trolls i don't know something stupid <laughs> like that um she really was like i mean she and azalea were operating at the same time i'll just put it that way <laughs> and there's a lot of a lot of work going, a lot of discourse going on about all that so yeah there's an article obviously in the cut called Lena Dunham is a veteran apologizer from 2017 with a history of all her apologies. I think in not in this episode, but in a in an episode soon, we should do a we should do our own roundup, our faves. <laughs> I would love to because it, it I sometimes now we're getting self-reflective here. This is, I think, a perfect show written by geniuses and performed by geniuses. And I do think all four of the girls, as annoying as they may be, are expertly portrayed by very underrated actors. Mm -hmm. We do really ignore Lita being really fucking sometimes. And like, who isn't, you know, when they're like mid to late 20s or whatever. But I do think maybe we should... uh, talk about sometime for sure yeah <laughs> some well, of the, I, some of the stuff we talk maybe about. we need um an episode of our own called girls room apologizes where we apologize for not recognizing her various apologies yeah it, it could be our second great apology after we realized that we could um call men the least valuable player not a woman does not have to be at the bottom of the total pool every week in our segments we're learning and growing every day and very very important to learn um okay wait where were we in the episode oh wait i okay i do want to respectfully um applaud even moss backrack for full frontal nudity a polite round of applause he was looking good um and after weeks of teasing it and teasing the announcement, I have finally started the Bears season two, and he is very good in it. So shout out to you um, for being consistently excellent for 15 years now. Um, I did think Hannah's justification for feeling insecure was valid, though. Like, 
the body confidence aspect of it and feeling like she has to compete with these more conventionally beautiful women like that would be sad I think that was a rare moment of Hannah you know self-awareness and self-reflection and one that like really I think resonates with the audience and also feels a little like self-reflexive too to some of the you know just like the eternal critiques of Lena Dunham's willingness to get sexual and get nude on TV like I can't imagine making a TV show for five years at this point and being subjected to all those haters for lack of a better word um it would it would drain um though I did think the photo shoot was funny oh my god the photo shoot (laughs) is crazy um I like how she says I will not be edged out by girls without any interesting fat deposits on them and then (laughs) bears it all in a very um uh George Costanza-esque photo shoot (laughs) she's really doing the like I I wonder if that was a reference because she's fully doing the pose oh yeah she like yeah no it's that like um I just did leg day at the gym and I was like actively doing this too. <laughs> the like, I don't know. It's like the, We're doing the George, the dog with the leg yoga. Po- I don't do yoga. Oh, no. dog with the fire leg hydrant. yoga pose. Fire hydrant. Yeah. Fire hydrant. Yeah. Um, the dog with the leg yoga pose. <laughs> like I'm not flexible enough for yoga, so I don't do it. Um, I also think love- of a big slice of cake as a note oh, at a my- photo shoot. Yes. That's very I mean, um Tyra Banksian. <laughs> oh yeah. I love Elijah during this photo shoot. The way yeah, the think about a slice of cake, there she is, and then the <laughs> come on, you're hot to Fran. <laughs> like that qualifier. I mean he's he's perfectly gassing her up, but also keeping her humble, which I think is beautiful. He's I would say pushing the limits of acceptable um, hag abuse. <laughs> I would say this, a little bit of that. Yeah. Um, I I think if I ever if I ever said think of a big slice of cake to any of my girlfriends, they would uh, richly execute me. <laughs> so yeah, I don't think I'd take absolutely that well. Um, the disassociation during sex with Fran great physical comedy like this show is really good and we've said this before like the show is so perfect at uncomfortable sex scenes and this was just another classic (laughs) classic scene it was truly a classic she's just riding him with a frown (laughs) (laughs) on that couch that couch has seen so much too like Mm-hmm. that couch has seen well like adam and hannah's like weird gross sex and then also never forget marnie and elijah had <laughs> sex on that couch too God. that couch needs an oral history yeah um, and fumigation, fumigation. <laughs> that too more that maybe so Hannah's plotline ends with her deleting all the photos of Fran's exes off of his phone and making his background her nude her best nude from the photo shoot which eh, yeah I mean this felt like classic Hannah behavior I guess 
truly just like taking I I mean because I personally thought that she was that she had a point with like expressing discomfort over the photos of the exes or whatever but taking whatever moral uh weight there was to her beliefs and then just taking it to the next level and then suddenly you're just it's like she's burned too many bridges I can't support her anymore like you know she has the kernel of a good idea about how to fix a situation but just can't like get it to coalesce into like positive behavioral change Mm -hmm. and who among us can't relate but um yeah as someone who like my biggest red flag is going through someone else's phone like this this was just like a once again no fly zone for me no do we have to talk about adam and jess so (laughs) you know we don't i'm a bit tired of it at this point um the will they won't they continues adam has a new part in a cop show led by lucy lou which looks just awful and adam playing this um you know uh roughed up uh homeless guy kind of running around with dirt on his face and giant clothes is he he does not pull it off (laughs) yeah not selling the role i'll say that as a veteran svu watcher (laughs) the spoof of that was pitch perfect i thought (laughs) like every single episode has a scene like this um i do kind of wish lucy lou was in the girls universe as another character just because i think she would have torn it crazy as like a bitchy book editor or like I don't know so like one of like Jess's like psychotherapy patients or something I don't know something just something else that's not like tv cop but I love her always nice to see her and stuff um and it's also like the sheer cultural capital and sway that Lena Dunham had to have in this time period to be able to get Lucy Liu to come on her show and say listen brother we're both from the streets like it's just (laughs) everything about it is so absurd and for Lucy Liu to be on board with that and to like see the vision it's just another instance of like while people were actually recognizing the genius of play when it was filming oh yeah like we just need to get her an HBO show like let's get her like get her on white lotus season three or something like she'd be great let's do something um i don't really have anything else to say about this plot beyond just i don't know it felt very like spinning the wheels from last episode like the will they won't they so yeah um jess is like totally fawning over adam's performance and it's like has she ever seen a tv show in her life um <laughs> probably not actually i she probably Honestly, yeah yeah she doesn't own a tv for sure um but adam tries to kiss jessa and she rejects him again i'm not doing this fucking will they won't they um of course they will but you know we we this just felt like it was shoehorned in yeah and i wasn't into it you know i think hannah and uh shosh made a perfect um pair for this episode we didn't need jessa Agreed. 
I liked Adam's pantomimes though. Uh, after Jessa left, like him just doing a full performance to himself without any words. <laughs> yes, I I do agree with that. Yeah, Adam Driver. I mean, Adam Driver is a great actor, and I'm excited. I he gets more stuff to do later in this season that I am looking forward to more than these first few episodes, which have all felt a little uh on at least these two like a little stagnant, but. Should we move on to our final segments? Let's do it. So the first question we ask at the end of every episode is which girl were you in these episodes? I I was a Hannah this week, which is a rarity for me, but the like body insecurity and uh, passive aggressiveness was unfortunately me uh at certain low points in certain relationships I've had and that was uh hard to watch so what about you Julia yeah I I said um Shosh in the streets Hannah in the sheets I I feel deeply connected to Hannah's like insecurity and inability to let it go but also I do feel um Shosh as a go-getter and kind of a weeb. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you are the Gwen of this podcast. <laughs> like many, many have said. Bobby, what about you? You know, I feel like I oftentimes in the earlier seasons saw a lot of myself in Shosh, but I feel like this is one of those episodes where I'm starting Actually, that might not reflect well on me because I feel like we were just talking about how much Shosh has grown, <laughs> but I didn't really see much of myself in her this episode. So I think I'm going to have to go with Hannah because there there was something so... I, I would freak out about that, the whole situation. And I think I the fact that there would be some sort of like moral weight to what I was doing would absolutely make me drive it home like as much as possible so I do recognize that and I I respect it I don't necessarily agree with the whole going through the phone thing but yeah Mm -hmm. totally I also I I do want to shout out um Marnie in this section a little bit I am usually a Marnie in these episodes and I don't think I can fully identify with her this week just because she is a bad advice giver and not to gas myself up, but I'm a great advice giver. Um, I will say an outdoor shower would change my whole personality too. I think I would be <laughs> offering hippy dippy advice if I had an outdoor shower in a beautiful like tropical getaway. Like I think I just I would be on full island time. I know Ecuador's not on islands, but like I would be on full island time. Um, so in that way, I am very marky. All right, next segment, fit check. Outfit that stood out the most to you this week. I mean, for me, this was easy. Shosha's opening outfit. Like, it's like iconic for a reason. Yeah, I, I mean, loved that outfit. Loved all of Shosha's looks. But Shosha's, like, kind of casual concert look, I thought was cute. And just, you know, she's always so done up and perfectly put together and this was just a rare low-key you know messy bun sequin dotted top off the shoulder of course with this neon pink chanel crossbody like she was just it, it was shosh shosh light you know shosh but make it kind of 
airy and free and not mm-hmm. you know being her best tokyo self i think i'm in the same boat as usual where it's like i think it has to be that first outfit that shosh wears in the episode but it's especially that one screenshot of her in the crosswalk with like the cat ear headphones on and Mm -hmm. so many people use it on twitter and i feel like there's just this like look of like focus but so vacant at the same time in her eyes that it it's just she wants to dissolve like dissolve into the culture so desperately and it makes it work so well oh that is such a good observation like she's trying so hard just to be a face in the crowd as part of her like assimilation and Oh my god, yeah, that's it's perfect acting. Exhibition Mamet does not always get the credit she deserves as an actor on the show, and it's just brilliant. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And then final segment is MVP and LVP of the week. Julia, do you want to go first? Okay, I forgot to write these down. I think MVP obviously is Shosh, like just the queen of the episode sad she's going back to america but she you know made the most of her time abroad and had an amazing little experience and i guess the lvp uh maybe maybe hannah maybe honest no maybe scott i feel sad for scott oh left at the altar you know I think I agree with you exactly. Like, Shosh MVP for obvious reasons. Just, you know, queenery and personal growth. And, uh, yeah, I'll see Scott LVP. Um, Marnie was being a loser, but at least she's on vacation. So she she's out of that spot this week for me. I think for me, it's obviously Shosh at the top. She, it, I think she's one of the first of, like, the four to like actually demonstrate any modicum of growth in the show and I think that this episode really exemplifies that and then for me the LVP is probably Jessa I don't know that like something about the the way that she was watching the show and while it may truly just be the fact that she's never seen a TV show in her life it was also very much so like girl stand up yeah. like he, he was not up. acting <laughs> and I think she also just didn't really have much to do this episode aside from at least remind the viewer that they that her and Adam are in that will they won't they type situation. It just felt like a quick like cutaway, almost like a next week on girls type scene. True. Yeah, I think they just didn't know. Like I could have watched a whole episode that was just Shosh in Japan and kind of hunted on everything else until next week um but that's not what they did that's not the episode we got so (laughs) we kind of just have to take these like little interstitial character development scenes for what they are um I am excited for next week's episode though because I think that's the one where Hannah and Fran get in a big fight about writing or teaching I don't remember no, I think um, that is next week. And I really remember that being a pretty good episode. So that is something for everyone to look forward to. Um, Bobby, I mean, wow. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, 
the, you were, I can think of no better guest in episode pairing. Um, and I, we really appreciate you being here today. What a treat. Thank you so much for having me. I mean, it like, it's so nice to be able to speak about girls with people that so obviously have the same level of passion. And <laughs> like the way that you picked apart the episode is just, uh, it's everything. Thank you well, so much. How can people find you on social media and your your beautiful um, girls masterpieces? Oh yeah, wait, can we talk about that really quickly? Like <laughs> what about this show speaks to you in the way that you need to take clips and put like beef flow mix underneath like not <laughs> like you're you're not that first thought but like I would not necessarily think this is the show that lends itself super well to like beautiful collage multimedia mm -hmm. artistry I mean I think it's because it, my like knee-jerk reaction is just to say that every I think for people that enjoy the show as much as we do, every single snippet or screenshot can be evocative and probably is evocative for at least some reason for everyone. So I think it's 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 just easy to have some sort of creation involving them. Oh yeah. And like this is an episode that especially that opening montage like I have seen so many sped up videos of Shosh walking to work set to like emerge by Fisher Spooner or like something <laughs> <laughs> well obviously back in the day Roman's Revenge like I mean oh, this yeah. <laughs> like this show has been around the block in terms of clips from that but um yeah that's a, that's a really wonderful point like and for a show that wasn't super huge on tumblr back in the day as much like it has been nice to see oh it's so annoying to talk about memes it's like i feel like old man haskins over here but like it is nice to see like people glomming onto this show and feeling so compelled to like recontextualize it into new <laughs> new shapes <laughs> like <laughs> Shosha's hair is very, um, she at various points in the show gives all three of the people from New Shapes the music video at once. Um, and that's art, that's artistic reinvention right there. Um, oh wait, but where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Bobby on Main. Okay, incredible. Um, well, until next week, everyone, rate and review, please, because that helps. Um, and we'll see y'all next week. Bye. Bye. Bye.